I saw God giving him a platform in Hollywood, this one. I saw him becoming very known and very famous. I don't know what you do, but I saw your star just going Because when I looked at him, I saw him becoming as big as Kevin Hart, this one. Oh, what do you do? Stand up comedy. In the realms of the spirit, when you were carrying him, there was a big challenge in the realm of the spirit. It was a difficult pregnancy to yeah. carry him. Yeah. To the point that it looked like you're going to lose him at some point. Yeah. Because I remember, I am seeing it in the realms of the spirit. When you're about four months going to five months, yeah. I saw you bleeding that yeah. you thought that you actually lost him. Yes, yes. Professor. So I am trying to understand what these two angels are saying because I'm hearing one saying, God with us, and the other one is saying Emmanuel. Uh, what is that? I saw him doing this, throwing seeds. When people are throwing seeds, it means they have a calling, a pastoral calling to feed people and to raise people. Huh? You say what? In the realm of the spirit, you see what is on your shirt. The Lord said me, your name is what is on your shirt. Hallelujah! What is your name? Rose. What do you have on your shirt? Hallelujah! Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why. Where is my mama Ghana power? I saw fire jumping from her and coming to you. And I'm trying to understand why. When I looked at you, I saw her. When I saw her, I saw you. Are you a nurse? You're in the medical field. Yeah. Go to her, put the mic on her. I'm a nurse. Were you married before? Okay, go to my mama Ghana. I'm divorced. I saw somebody else with a name like Campbell. Campbell. As I was walking in the realms of the spirit, God says that he's about to bless the Campbell family. Prophesy. I saw somebody in the Bible called Anna, but God said no, Anne. Tracy Anne. Ah. Prophesy. I saw God taking words and ran with it to the ends of the world. What does he do? Who is like Ogaga Ogaga? Do you know somebody called Kenny? Kenny, that's me. Is Kenny Ogba Ogaga. Kenny Ogba Ogaga. Who has a name that starts with like an M? Just said Maria. Maria. <laughs> because I was looking at you there, I'm seeing an M on your forehead. I saw God putting a garment on somebody called Jonathan. My first name. Professor. Professor. In 2013, you are not supposed to be here. Hey! You had surgery. Major surgery. Yeah. I looked at you and I saw an x-ray. I saw your body beyond the flesh. And the Lord told me that we need to pray for his lungs. I'm sick right now. Where? In the lungs. You've seen me before. I've never seen you before. How yeah. can I know these things? The one thing about you, you are real.
You're so mighty, but you're full of compassion. You're the giver of a life everlasting. You're the savior of the world, Messiah. All I need, I find in you, provider. Worthy, wonderful, awesome, powerful. Glory, glory to you, my heart sings. Perfect, sovereign King, God of everything. Glory, glory to you. I lift my hands to worship. I lift my eyes to seek your holy face. I lift my voice. To honor you, yeah. There's no one else like you, Lord. I lift you. I don't understand your love. You're so patient. You surround me with your grace. It's amazing. Forgiving the way that I've been, and you changing the old me, old me. Didn't know who I could be till you show me. Worthy, wonderful, awesome, powerful. Glory, glory to you. My heart sings. Perfect, sovereign King. God of everything. Glory, glory to you. I lift my hands. God bless everybody. This is Prophet Lovi, and I am excited to have you for the second time. And I have been talking about building a solid relationship with God. Building a solid relationship with God. Amen. And uh, when I was teaching about this and explaining it uh, yesterday, and I was telling, uh, I was revealing principles. Uh, that actually allow you to grow deeper and closer with God than you have ever before. Now, there's a lot of myths and there's a lot of uh, misunderstandings that people have when it comes to building a relationship with God. And uh, yesterday when I was, uh, I was doing the live stream, I explained it in, in greater detail. So before I go on, I want you to share this and let somebody know that uh, um, Prophet Ellie is on and... and uh, it's going to be such a blessed time. My greatest desire is one thing and one thing only. Is that you get to a place with the Lord Jesus that you have never gotten there before. Now, 
we see different people. We read in the scriptures and we see people that spoke with God. We've seen people that walked with God. We see people like Enoch and things like that. But many a times we think that they were born already at that place where they can be with God like that. But the truth is this. Every relationship is intentional. There is no relationship in this world or in the world to come that is not intentional. Walking with God is intentional. Loving God is intentional. Worshipping God is intentional. There is nothing you will ever do with God when it comes to your relationship that is not intentional. God himself was intentional about a relationship with us. So when he gave his son Jesus, he was intentional about it. He did not care that some will not receive it. He did not care that some people will reject it. His main agenda was one thing and one thing only. He was intentional about building the bridge between mankind and God. So if you are not intentional, if you are not intentional about building with the Lord, what happens is this, you remain in the same place, you do not advance, you stay stranded. You'll be praying and you will never hear from God. You'll be hoping and waiting and nothing will change, yet God is not a liar, God is not a deceiver. Everything that God says is true. So the fundamental problem that we have is that we have the wrong doctrine. And the, and the most important thing that you could do is start by understanding that some of the things that we grew up with, some of the things that we grew up with, we were given sometimes religion, not spirituality. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, I believe, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let me show you something. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is one of my favorite books in the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse, uh, I believe verse... Give me one second. This just came in my spirit. First Corinthians, okay. There we go. Uh, from verse... From verse 12. First Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 12. Listen to what it says. Now we have not received... Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the Spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, if you don't know things that are freely given to you by God, it means that you still don't know, you're not spiritual yet. Because the Word of God is not just promises, it's reality. And these blessings can be accessed fully if we know how to walk with God. We understand our relationship with God. Now watch this, verse 13. Which things also we speak. Notice, the promises are what we speak. 
which things we all we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth but which the holy ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with the spiritual notice this the bible is telling you that even the words when we pray when we speak these things that god will do for us and he has freely given us they are not words that are taught by man they are taught by the holy spirit and not only are they taught by the holy spirit even the way we speak about them is spiritual that it makes us to compare spiritual things let me explain it to you the difference between god is gonna do it and god is has already done it god is gonna do it and god has already done it everybody that is waiting for god to do it does not know that god has rested from all his work if you read genesis chapter 2 verse 1 it says and the lord god rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had created and made it says and the lord and thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them meaning everything that was going to be in heaven everything that was going to be on earth the miracle that we are praying for right now the healing that we desire right now was already established in genesis in the first chapter how do we know that the apostle peter says this and christ was crucified before the foundations of the earth so the earth itself was built on the crucifixion of jesus because god already knew that man will fail amen amen that is why isaiah says by his stripes we are healed now the prophet isaiah existed 500 years before the time of the lord jesus a man 500 years before jesus is saying by his stripes we are healed in present tense peter comes in the new testament and he says by his stripes we were healed meaning that the things that god has given us what we have in the bible is simply a reflection that is supposed to draw us in a deeper place somewhere beyond the written words to a place of the spirit that we can truly see what god has given to us for free but you can never get to that place unless you know how to build a solid relationship with god an example is this abraham was minding his own business in the book of genesis and god passed by his house and he stopped the lord to tell him to come into his house notice abraham was intentional about god visiting him i'm going to say that again i don't know if uh, uh, facebook is there periscope you're there uh, abraham our father abraham was intentional he was intentional a hundred percent intentional on God visiting him because God was passing but Abraham stopped him and convinced him Lord stay let me prepare a meal for you let me wash your feet let me do this please just stay and the Lord stayed with him after the Lord had visited with him the Bible says that God began to walk with Abraham heading to Sodom and Gomorrah but listen to the words of God he said, shall I hide anything? Shall I hide anything from Abraham? Seeing that he will be a great nation. Notice God can no longer keep secrets from Abraham. Not because Abraham prayed, but because of the relationship Abraham had with him. I'm, I, I Amen. wish somebody Amen. could hear me. Amen. Amen. The Lord is revealing secrets to Abraham 
of what he's about to go and do in Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says that the Lord will do nothing unless he reveals it to his servant, the prophet. This is in the book of Amos. But not every prophet knows what God is doing in the world. Because relationship with God is intentional. Amen. Yesterday I said this and a lot of people uh, a little bit were shocked when I said this. Worship does not build a relationship with God. You can't build a relationship with God by worship. That is why God never created Adam and told him worship me. Because love, the love that you have for God, the appreciation that you have from God, you are not a robot. God never created anybody to be robotic whereby uh, you are compelled to worship him. No, you are forced to worship him. God wants you to have conviction of knowing who he is so that the worship can come from the right place. That is why God never commanded anybody to worship him. We have so many people, I gave an example that uh, there's, a, uh, there's a famous worship uh, group in a, in a famous church. One of their worship leaders came out and said that uh, I'm, I'm leaving Christianity because I, I'm not even sure if Jesus is the only way. How can you write worship songs and not know who he is? Yeah. It's very simple. You can open scriptures, you can say sentimental stuff. It doesn't mean you know him. It doesn't even mean you have a relationship with him. How can you say you encounter Jesus and you don't know that he's the only way? It means you never met him. Mm -hmm. You see, the problem is we have become, uh, the church has become a sentimental place whereby we dim the lights, we lift our hands, we sing some sentimental things, we cry and we think that is a relationship with God. It is not. You cannot build a relationship with the Lord because of worship. Worship is part of the relationship, but it's not the center of it. How many worship leaders do we know that are living a double life? Mm -hmm. Yet on Sunday morning, they will be in the presence of people singing worship, but they're living a double life. Because worship is not how you build a relationship with God. I can sing a good song. It doesn't mean that my heart is singing to him. I may love the song, but it doesn't mean that I'm giving it to him. And, and I said this, I said that the foundation of knowing or building a relationship with God begins with thanksgiving, the prayer of thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You can never build with somebody that never says thank you. Yes. Amen. Remember, let's go, let's go to uh, Romans. Let's go to the book of Romans. Let me show you this. Let's go to the book of Romans. Believe Romans chapter 5. I'm going to show you this. And you'll understand what I'm saying right now. And I gave people a challenge to tell them, I want you to write things or, or how uh, uh, thanksgiving have I want you to take a pen and paper and write the things that you're thankful for God 
not be, and, and these things that you'll be thankful for are not the things that you prayed for. Things that God already established before you even prayed. I don't know if somebody can hear me. Romans chapter number 5. Hallelujah. 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 Go ahead and make sure the dogs are not chewing the, the internet line in the living room. Okay, we're good. We're good. No, but go ahead and check on it. Now listen to me clearly and you can bring them down, okay? Okay. Now I want you to hear me clearly. Is everybody there? Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter number 5. From verse 1. Amen. Romans 5 from verse 1. Can people hear me? Yeah. Now listen to this. He says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus by whom also we have access by faith into this great into this grace where we stand and rejoice in hope of glory now go to verse 8 but god commended his love towards towards us in that while we were still yet sinners christ died for us. I want you to look at verse 8 again. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners. What does this mean? Jesus did not give his life because we love him. Jesus gave his life because he loves us. So our relationship with God began with God loving us. Even though we were not deserving of it. Our relationship with God begins by Christ loving us, not us loving him. That is why the Bible says, I chose you, you did not choose me. We simply came to accept what he did. So somebody who cannot recognize that we have a relationship with God, we have the grace that we can stand before him, which begins and which began with him and not us. So meaning God has already unconditional love. Let me explain this. What is unconditional love? Is a love without conditions. Meaning there is nothing I can do to make God love me more. I'm going to say that again. There is nothing me or you can do to make God love us more. God already loves us at the maximum capacity that he can love us. In the capacity of God himself, he has loved us. How do we know that? The first evidence is that he gave his only begotten son for us. He gave the best part of him for us. So there is nothing you or me can do to make God love us more. Number two. Now, I want you to capture this second point very carefully. 
Number two, because his love is unconditional, he has already come close to us as much as he can. We have to come close to him. That is why the Bible says, draw close unto me and I will draw closer unto you. Because God is already close. Notice now, you, you have to understand what the message is saying. God is not saying, if you move close, I move close. He's saying, draw close unto me and I will draw closer. What, what does it really mean? If you read it in Greek, this is what he's saying. The more you move close to me, the closer I am. Understand that because God has already come as close as he can to mankind. Yeah. The closer you draw unto me, the closer I am to you. Aish. I don't know if somebody is learning something. Uh, I hear that, Papa. <laughs> so you cannot come close to him by asking him to come close. An example is this. Let me just show you how we are out of touch with the things of the spirit, right? If you go to church, whose house is it? If you go, if you go to, uh, um, to church, whose house is it? The house of the Lord. It's the house of the Lord, right? People online, the church, who, who belongs in the, in, in the church? It's the house of God. But notice, every time we go to the church, we say, Lord, we welcome you into this house. Yet it is his house. Wow. <laughs> it's because we are not conscious. We are not thankful. David said, I was glad when I was told, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Let us go to the house of yes, God. Yes, yes. But notice, when we go to church, We go to church with the mindset that we are about to bring God into the house. Yet it is God welcoming us into the house. You cannot even wake up to go to church if God did not destined for you to go. I wish somebody could hear me. Uh, Facebook, are you there? Glory be to the Lord Jesus. Glory be to the Lord Jesus. Now, I want you to watch this, and I want you to capture this. Even our very own body, notice, even this body, even this body that we possess is God's house. It's not even our house. But when we go into the structure, we are welcoming God into his own structure. Yet the purpose of that structure is that God be there. That is why the Bible says this. It says, if two or three are gathered that in my name, I am in their midst. Notice, what does that, mean, that, that scripture mean? Many times we read this scripture with misunderstanding. Watch this. He's saying, if two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst. Meaning that when people are planning to come together for the purpose of God, he's already in their midst. What does it mean? It doesn't mean they are bringing him in. He is the center of it. He is the cause of that one, two, or three to come together. That's what that verse is really saying. It's not saying when we gather, then God comes. It's saying we are gathering because God is there. Uh, that's good. That's good. 
Let, let me say that one more time. I'm going to say it one more time. If two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst. Meaning that he's not saying that the effect of them gathering is making him be there. It's actually saying the opposite. He's saying the reason why they're gathering is because I am in their midst. Mm -hmm. I am in the center of it all. So we can never even come together. We can never even come together without God being the central cause of it. Yes. So the key is this now, the, the foundation of building a relationship with the Lord Jesus is this, thanksgiving. Let me show you this. Let me, let me show you by scripture. Let me, let me show you the, this scripture. Uh, it will help somebody. I talked, I spoke about this yesterday. Uh, let me show you this. Go to Psalms, um, Psalms 100, verse 4. Psalms 100, verse 4. Amen. Are you there? Uh-huh. Can you read it? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Uh-huh. And into his courts with praise. Uh -huh. Be thankful unto him uh -huh. and bless his name. Uh -huh. Notice this. How can you enter the gates of heaven? Not because of worship. What opens the gates of heaven? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Ah. Heaven does not open because you started singing hallelujah. Remember, God already has hallelujah in heaven. Ah. Mm -hmm. There are angels that are already worshiping 24-7. But there's something you have that angels don't have. You have experienced God himself coming for you. Amen. Amen. So you have something that you can offer that heaven has to receive beyond worship. This is why when the Lord Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, when the Lord Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, Some people are saying, stop the people from worshipping you and praising you. The Lord Jesus said this, he said, if they will not open their mouth, even the stones will begin to praise. I can make stones to praise me. So your praise is not the fundamental thing. Thanksgiving is the most important thing. Amen. Amen. That is where it begins. Imagine you are in a, let me just give some people are married, you're on here, you're married. Some people are courting into marriage, you are courting somebody to be in marriage. Think about you are doing everything you can for this woman or this man so that you can get to know each other more. You're taking them to dinner. You're taking them for a movie. Maybe even you're going shopping. You're spending time with them. You, whenever they need you, you are there. But they never say thank you. Will you continue doing it? No. No, <laughs> no. no. Absolutely not. You won't continue to do it. Mm -hmm. 
you can never, ever, ever, you can never, ever, because you have to understand this. Let me, let me explain love. Can I explain love for a second? Yes, yes please. Love is not an emotion. Love is a verb. Falling in love with somebody has nothing to do with emotion. That's why you find that when you're about to get married, the, the, the priest or the judge is going to ask you, are you sure you're going to be with this person for better or for worse? Now, I want you to hear this. For better or for worse. Married people know this. Sometimes married people know each other. They don't even want to see each other. Then they have to reconcile and figure it out. Yeah. They will argue all the time, but they have to figure it out and learn to coexist and live together and build. Marriage has nothing to do with emotion. Love is not emotional. If God was emotional about his love towards us, he would have never given Jesus. Because he loves Jesus more than us. (laughs) But because he saw that I want to win the whole world, how much do they mean to me? Do they mean so much to me that I'm willing to give the thing that I love the most? Yes, then he gave it. He did not give the Lord Jesus because he loved us more than Jesus. No, he loves us at the measure that he loves his son Jesus. Love is a verb. So when people say, let us fall in love with Jesus, you have to understand what that means. The first commandment says, love your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all, with everything you have. Why is it talking about not, notice, it says, love God with all your strength, with all your might. Strength, might, heart. Yeah. And mind. Notice all these things are in your control because all these are are in the soul. Strength. Mm -hmm. Will. Your mind. Your heart. All these things are in the soul. They have nothing to do with your spirit. They have to do with the organ that decides. Your soul is the one that decides. Love is a decision. I can have affection for somebody because of what they did. But when I come to know them, I may not want to invest myself into them. I may not see that it's worth for me to love them because of the things they can put me through. Mm -hmm. Ah, So true though. That is why just because you see somebody beautiful doesn't mean that they're the right person to marry or just because you see somebody is handsome doesn't mean they're the right person to marry. You need to know them beyond how they look. You need to know their character. Are they going to be willing to be there for you? Are they willing to give everything for you? Will they die for you? Will they work for you? If you are sick, if you're in health, in good times, bad times, are they going to be consistent? Is it a decision they're willing to make? Loving God is not just, oh, I I love you, Jesus. Nah, it's more than that. You have to use the fullness of the capacity that is in you, that is given to man, which is the soul. I wish somebody could hear me. We hear, we you. hear, we you. hear you. It's easy to say I love somebody until they need you every day. <laughs> Can I just say something? God is very needy. Yes. God is very needy. I'm being honest with you. God is very needy. Earlier today, uh, one of my, uh, uh, my, 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 uh, my, my little sisters 
she's, she's like a little sister to me. I was on my way to go and visit somebody to pray for them. And while I was in the car, I was in the passenger seat. All of a sudden, I fell in a vision. I wasn't even thinking about this person. In the vision, the Lord told me, call them, tell them not to travel with the group of people that she's traveling with. She's planning to pr travel very soon. Tell her I don't want her to go on that trip. It will not be good for her. Mm -hmm. I snap out of the vision, I pick up my phone, I call, I say, hey, you're planning to travel with this and this person? She said, yeah, 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 yeah. When are you planning to go? Yes, uh, uh, next month. Well, we are planning to go here, here. I said, the Lord said, don't go. It, it's, it won't be a good setup for you. Notice, God is going out of his way to take me out of my way <laughs> to reach somebody that he loves on the other side. Why? Because God is needy. So if you're not going to be willing, <laughs> I wish somebody would understand what I'm saying. I hear you, Papa. I hear you. You have to be willing to be ready to serve the relationship because every relationship has terms and conditions. He won't force you. But God is needy. He wants your attention. He wants your love. He wants your affection. He wants to be number one. That's the God we serve. He says, I am a jealous God. He says it. He says, I don't want you to give anybody more attention than me. I don't want you to love anybody else other than me. If you had, if, <laughs> if you're in a relationship with somebody, who are you talking to? Why are you looking at them like that? Where are you going? Are you, you'll be like, Man, can I breathe? <laughs> exactly. Live my life. <laughs> I don't know if somebody's catching me. Yeah. It's the truth. <laughs> God wants all of us. He doesn't want to share us with anybody. Is somebody catching something? So, so look at this, capture this. So capture this, capture this, capture this. Love is a verb. Affection can be built. When people say love at first sight, it's actually affection at first sight. It's not actually love at first sight. Because love cannot be at first sight. Because love has nothing to do with emotion. Genesis chapter 6 God looked at man and he was sorry that he created man. But as the next page you see, he's still trying to do something about mankind. That is love. Love can only be proven when somebody is not worthy of it. I'll say that again. Love is only proven when somebody is not worthy of it. The love of God is genuine because he knows us exactly how we are. He knows that we are not consistent. He knows that we can fail. He knows that we can cheat on him. He knows that we can turn on him. But he still does one thing. And one thing very well. I don't know if somebody is catching what I'm trying to say here. We're getting it, Papa. We're getting it. A relationship with God is work. Mm -hmm. 
it is work. You have to be willing. If there is no will to build a relationship with God, you are deceiving yourself. <laughs> Watch this. That is why thanksgiving is the fund fundamental beginning of building with God. Notice God never asked Adam, Hey, Adam, can you worship me? Hey, Adam, can you do this? Uh, it begins with one thing. You have to make a decision. That is why the Bible says, Choose ye today whom you will serve. It's a decision. It's nothing to do with affection. Have you ever met people, I'm sorry to use this example. Have you ever met somebody that will is smoke cigarettes, but when you want to smoke, he tells you, no, don't smoke. <laughs> Cigarette skill is not good for you, but they are smoking. <laughs> so you can say, I love God until when it has to cost you. This is why I really believe in one, I, I, I really believe in one thing. You know, I believe there's a time to shout and scream in church and all those are good things. Mm -hmm. But we have to think. Somebody who does not think cannot build with God. Thanksgiving is number one. Number two, His will. And desires. Before I can build a relationship with anybody, I have to know what they're expecting out of the relationship. God has an expectation out of your relationship. That expectation determines how you will deal with Him. Mm -hmm. The Lord Jesus has an expectation. And I'm telling you this truthfully and with all my heart. I'm telling you the truth. The Lord Jesus has an expectation for the relationship. When you are about to go into a relationship with somebody, you should know. You should know his expectation. This is why the Bible says, let us reason together. God tells people, he was telling Adam, uh, 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 Moses, come, let us reason together. Let's think about this thing together. God did that with a lot of men of God. Let us think of this. Jeremiah tried to tell God, Lord, have mercy on these people. And, and the Lord told Jeremiah, listen, even if, Moses and Eli, even if Moses and Samuel were here, I will not change my mind concerning these people. They are stiff naked. They don't listen. Right. They don't think. They don't consider these things. Uh -huh. You see, many times when people hear about relationship with God, listen, there is no, the reality is this. You don't draw close to God because of what you do. It begins with Him. Thanksgiving, number two, His will and desires. Mm -hmm. When you're about, you know, there's a nice book called The Five Love Languages. Amazing book, actually. 
whoever you want to be in a relationship with, like an example, I'm a parent, I have a 10-year-old boy. I know when my son is saying the truth, when he's trying to be sneaky, I know him because I know him. He's my son. I have to know him. In order for me to be a good parent towards him, I have to know him, I have to know his needs. And my son knows the expectations that I expect from him. He knows I expect him to do well in school. He knows I expect him to be obedient. I expect him to be listening. I expect when I ask him to do this, you know, he, he knows what his father is expecting. Some people's marriages and relationships are failed because you never sat down and discussed what are you expecting in this relationship. And remember, God is expecting something because he sold something into the relationship. Many a times we expect people to be a certain way, but we never sold anything that actually justifies us mm -hmm. to expect something. Mm -hmm. God expects us to be, expects us to love him with all our life because he gave his life. Mm -hmm. You cannot look at a person and tell, you cannot enter a relationship with somebody and tell them, you have to treat me like a queen that I am. Well, have you treated me like a king? king yeah. mm -hmm. Or you got to treat me like the king that I am. Are you treating me like a queen? Because the same measure in which you give is the same measure you receive. Amen. 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 So God is expecting Amen. something because he gave something. I wish somebody could hear me and, and capture this. No, this is not just, oh, Jesus did it all. Uh-uh. He did all where, in the part that we don't have to do, but our, our heart. Oh, yes, there is work. That is why King David always said this. He said, you know, search my heart. Reveal my heart even to myself. Show me. Renew our right, you know, give me a new heart. Renew a right spirit within me because you can be with God and have the wrong spirit and have the wrong heart. I wish somebody could hear me. Just because you say Jesus is Lord doesn't mean you have the right heart. I wish somebody could understand. Do you see how dangerous it is to not know how to build a relationship with God? David was very clever because he was always considering his steps. When he was told to repent, he was quick to repent because he treasured. I wish somebody could hear me. He treasured so much his relationship with Jesus. So if there is no basis of communication in the relationship, an example is this. If you marry a man who is lazy, from the time you met him, from the day you met him, I, I want somebody to hear me and hear me clearly. <laughs> I wish somebody would hear me and hear me clearly. I wish somebody would hear me and hear me clearly. If you get in a relationship with somebody, okay, you're in a relationship with a man, you met him when he is lazy. De, de, never took a job a day in his life. But you love him because of the affection you have for him, you believe it's love. 
Then you marry each other, then you live together. Then you tell him, we have no money, you need to go and work. Why couldn't you work? Well, you expecting him to work is actually your fault. Because when you met him, you met him not working. Now you're pushing him to do something that it's not in him to do. It is your mistake, not his. Some men get in a relationship with a woman and they say, hey, uh, 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 my mom used to cook for me. <laughs> but you got in a relationship, she loves to eat out. But now you are expecting her to get in the kitchen and cook. No, you did not meet her doing that. Don't expect her to do that if that was not the basis in which you built your relationship. Exactly. <laughs> My spiritual daughter, <laughs> Mia, says facts. <laughs> My daughter, uh, Betty, says facts. It's the truth. So we, when we came to the Lord Jesus... Oh yeah, there was expectations for this relationship. And there are expectations for this relationship. Remember, we don't have to work to create the relationship. God has already established it. All we need to do is to work it. All we need to do is to work the relationship now. It's no longer about, uh, it's no longer about oh, uh, I pray. Like some people, you know, many a times I have to counsel people. I have to, to counsel people. They come and they say, prophet, pray for my family and this and this and this. A majority of the people that I've counseled in marriage, that are, were already married, a lot of them, you find one trend that is normal with them. They met their husband or they met their wife when they were indulging in things. But they entered into it saying that I believe that he will change. I believe that she will change. Listen, you cannot change anybody. Only God can. So if you're deciding to go into that relationship, know that that person will probably slip, will probably fall. But are you willing to get into it and fight for it is a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. I'm just being honest. Can I be truthful? Yes, probably. Yes. Uh, people online, can I be truthful? Uh, those on YouTube, those on, on Facebook, those on Periscope, can I be truthful? Yes, you can. You know, we, 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 we spend so much time saying, Yeah, Lord! <laughs> Lord! <laughs> we scream and shout and shout. At the end of it, we leave church empty. Nothing was added in our soul. Nothing renewed our soul to walk better with Jesus. Go to Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter 6. Let me show you something. And I gave these examples yesterday and a lot of people have joined us today. And, uh, and uh, I know some people have to watch what we did yesterday for them to understand. I'm not trying to go so much back into it because um, uh, people are already like uh, moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I gave things that people do thinking that it will make them have a better relationship with God. 
read verse 7. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. Yes. Mm-hmm. But when ye pray. But when ye pray. Use not vain repetitions. Use not vain repetition. As the heathen do. As the heathen do. So who does vain repetition? The heathen. So how many believers do we know? Even some of us are here. I used to do that in my younger days. We use a lot of vain repetition. Thinking because of our vain repetition, God will hear us. Mm-hmm. I don't know if somebody's catching me. I want you to really listen to this. God is saying heathens have vain repetition. Yeah. What does this what does vain repetition mean? Repeating something without a real point. Mm-hmm. Meaning when you pray you have to have a point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a point, <laughs> then God is looking at you like a heathen because they do vain repetition. And what is a heathen? The word heathen there in Greek simply means one who is, in, who is indulging in the culture of men. What's the Hebrew word again? I, f- I forget it at the top of my head. Ethnikos. Ethnikos simply means somebody who is indulging in the culture of men and not culture of the spirit. Remember, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I believe it was verse 12 that said spiritual things can only be received by the spiritual. But somebody, somebody who is, who is in ethnicos, meaning that they are following the culture of men, their prayer will be filled with vain repetition. Uh, Barbara Stanley said, I'm so thankful for listening to you tonight because you have opened my eyes to a lot of different things. I thank the Lord for you, Barbara. This is why I'm here. The Lord Jesus called me to do this. I don't, I don't minister to copy anybody to want to be like anybody. I just preach the message that the Lord has given me. A true prophet, a true man of God, comes to remove you from where you are and puts you in a better place with, the relation, with your relationship with God. They don't simply motivate you. Motivation does not change anybody. And that's what we have of a lot of today. We don't have sound teaching that actually builds you. I don't want anybody to be dependent on me or my prophetic gift. No, I want you to do that. It's easier for me when there is more of us doing the work that God has given us. That is the point of it. Sometimes you see us in church. Yeah, uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 7. Uh, Rebecca, you got it right. Uh, Rebecca Familia. So capture this. Look, look, look at this. Can you read it one more time? Mm-hmm. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. Uh-huh. But when ye pray, mm-hmm. use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, mm-hmm. for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Notice, God doesn't want you to pray for one hour if you are repeating vain, vainly, if you have vain repetition. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying pray, don't pray for one hour. 
I pray for more than one hour. Maria Alvarez, thank you. I'm strong. May God bless you. Wow, thank you guys. I'm, I'm really, I'm really touched. You're, you're pushing me to push even more with God. This is the purpose, to get people closer to the Lord Jesus. That's the point. The, 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 the servant is not greater than the master, and the servant only represents the master. I'm not here to represent myself. I'm not here to represent my, 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 uh, my, my views. I'm here to represent what the Lord is saying. And I'm glad that the Lord is using it to touch people. So what is vain repetition? Number one, <laughs> let me give an example. Vain repetition is this. Father God, thank you, Lord. Father God, thank you, Lord. Father God, oh God, oh Father, oh Father God, thank you, Lord. Father. Notice that's not a conversation. Mm-hmm. That is religion. Do you know that God wants you to talk to him the way you talk to your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister? He says he's closer than your friend. How do you talk to your friends? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when you meet your friends, you just hang out. Hey, we're going to go watch a movie. Sometimes when you hang out with your friends, all you do is just, uh, uh, you, you just, you just uh, have conversations with your friends, right? Or you talk about something. Hey, let's talk about that movie. Let's talk about that show. Let's talk. There is a point. You don't just sit there and say, hey, man, how are you, man? How are you, man? How are you? How are you today? Oh, you're so good to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Notice there's no point. Mm -hmm. God is like, you are now following into the cultures of men their idea of who God is. And that's not how it ought to be. The Lord Jesus, you know what made the Pharisees very upset with him? Is the Lord Jesus used to talk to his father like he's there. <laughs> Say, my father, I thank you that you always hear me. I'm not praying for my sake, but I'm praying for their sake so that they know that you sent me. Mm-hmm. Notice that's a conversation. Yeah. When the disciples came to him and asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, he said, pray after this manner. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Notice they're having a conversation. Wow. Senitra says, this is the best word I've received in, in years. Thank you, Lord, for this true word. Wow, I'm so blessed. Guys, I have so much teaching on, on YouTube or even on my Facebook. If you go and find... Prophet Lovi, you will see, I, I have so many teachings I know that will bless you. They will bless you and they will change your life, big time. Now listen to this, capture, capture this. this is, <laughs> I want you to listen to this. We don't talk to God like he's a person. We talk to him like he's this uh, entity that is unknown. Yet he has made himself known unto us. Vain repetition is when you are saying things without a point. 
Vain, in vain. Father God, in vain. I bless your name, in vain. Like an example. Let, let, let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can follow on Facebook too. Yes, you can follow. You'll find Prophet Lovi. Uh, uh, you'll find Prophet Lovi and, uh, on, on YouTube. You can follow me there. Um, uh, Rosa, I am on Facebook. Now, now watch this. Sometimes you use prayers that are vain. Can I give an example? Watch this. You sit there and you say, Father, when I consider the lilies of the valley, you have never been to a valley, you have never seen any lily, you don't even know what a lily is. But because you heard it said somewhere, you saw it in the Bible, that was Solomon's experience or David's experience. It's not your experience. What do you look at that makes you remember God? If David said that, doesn't mean you say it. Because if it's not real to you, then you're speaking in vain. Right. That's good. So true, though. Deb, uh, Deb, that's what I'm trying to, to teach uh, people. Uh, how to be in prayer for a long time without being long in prayer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Saying, oh, Lord... When I look at the seas, I see your greatness. No, maybe you look at the sea and you think of vacation. (laughs) So you are trying to use it to bribe God. Remember, because God has unconditional love, you cannot impress him. Much speaking doesn't impress God. Who likes talkative people? They never stop talking. (laughs) Nobody. Oh, Lord, when I look at the trees, I see your greatness. No, maybe sometimes you look at a tree, you just say, wow, that's nice. <laughs> nice you part. don't even think about God. That's vain repetition. That's what heathens do. Human people in human traditions do that. That is why thanksgiving is the foundation of building a relationship with God. Not praise and worship. Nah. Because worship is, be- worship is determined by the depth of relationship you have. Worship is not determined. God is not requiring worship. He doesn't even demand worship. The foundation is thanksgiving because God started this relationship. When you pass the level of thanksgiving, you go into this next one that we are talking about now. Terms and conditions of the relationships, his will and desires. Why is it important for you to know that? Because everything that you ever pray or ask God will be based on that relationship, the terms and conditions of a relationship. Do you know why before you buy a plane ticket or when you're about to buy something online or you're about to sign a contract, do you know why they make you sign a contract? They make sure you, si- you understand the terms and conditions so that you don't come back and say, ah, give me a refund. They say, well, we told you if you receive it. You know, sometimes when you buy things on eBay, (laughs) 
Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. You go on eBay. Some people who send things on eBay. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes when you go to eBay, you want to buy something. Uh, what does eBay say? Well, some sellers will say, I don't accept refunds. Mm -hmm. I don't accept returns. Some people will say, well, I can only receive a return. That I can, you can return the item if it was found in a different condition. Mm -hmm. if, if you return it in the same condition, sorry. If you bring it back in the same condition, you got it, then I will return it. But if it comes in another condition, I will not accept it. Yeah. Notice, those are the terms of you buying something from them. Mm -hmm. So when you come to God, there is also his will and desires. Yeah. An example is this. You cannot ask God for something that he did not already desire to give you. Ah. <laughs> you can't. That is why we have to pray or ask according to his will. Is somebody understanding what I'm trying to say? Yes. You cannot ask God for something that he did not already tell you from the beginning of the relationship that I want to give you. I'm going to say that again. Let me show you a verse. Go to the book of John. This is in John. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're worthy of all praise. <laughs> Go to John chapter 14. John 14, 21. John chapter 14, verse 21. Listen to this. John 14, 21. John 14, verse 21. Everybody look at that. John chapter 14, verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Ah, ah. Did you hear what he just said? He Listen, that this... hath my commandments and keepeth them. So it's not enough to just hear it, but you have to keep it. He is the one that what? Loves him. Uh -huh. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. Mm -hmm. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Notice, Jesus is willing to be seen. You know, there are believers that don't believe they can see the Lord Jesus. Wow. The scripture says completely opposite. I've experienced him. Some people are watching right now. You've experienced him beyond the pages of the scriptures. Very possible. Read the next verse. Judas saith unto him, uh -huh. not Iscariot, uh -huh. Lord, how is it that thou would manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Notice. He's asking, Facebook, are you there? <laughs> are you there, people? I want you to really listen to what the Lord is saying. I want people to really listen 
to what is being said. Everybody, is the connection good for everybody? Some people are saying the connection is not that good. Is, connection, is the connection good? Because I'm seeing somebody called Wise, Wise Wesley, I, ho I hope I didn't butcher your name. He's saying my connection disconnected. Uh, is his connection good? I think people's connection is good. Okay, everybody's saying it's good. Okay, okay, let me, now, okay. Okay, some people are saying connection is fine. We pray that the network will be good for everybody. Okay, good, read it again. Uh -huh. Judah saith unto him, yes. not Iscariot, uh -huh. Lord, uh -huh. how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto uh -huh. us uh -huh. and not unto the world? Notice, one of the apostles was shocked he was like, Lord, <laughs> why are you going to make yourself only appear to us and not to the world? What is the difference between those who are in the world and those who are not in the world? Read the next verse. Jesus answered and said unto him, uh -huh. If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So what removes you from being in the world? Meaning you can be a believer and you're in the world. <laughs> we are not saying you're not saved. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You give your life to Jesus, you will be saved. But you having a deep relationship where he can reveal himself to you, you need to know the terms and conditions. You need to keep the terms and conditions in your heart. Because that is the manual in which you walk with him. Mm -hmm. I wish somebody could hear good. me. This is why some people, you ask them, where's the book of Matthew? They can't even find it in there, uh, on their Bibles. They don't know where it is. Notice, God is not even asking you to do anything. He's saying, know my words. Know my heart. This scripture is, this book the Bible, the Word of God, is not how to do it. It's how to know Him. It's called a testament. This is a testimony. This is a book of testimonies. How God walked with Abraham, how He walked with Jacob, how He walked with Moses, how He walked with the patriarchs, how He walked with this man. With this, man. this book simply teaches you who He is so that you can also build your relationship with Him. Amen. That is why you find in the New Testament, it says this, you are a living epistle, meaning you are a living scripture. You are a living scripture, meaning your life, you are writing your own book. Your own gospel that the world is looking at and saying, wow, God is with that man. Wow, God is with that woman. Wow, God is with this person. The reason why we don't treasure the word of God and when we look at the word of God, we look at it in terms of works because we think this relationship was started by us. No, it was not. Mm -hmm. There is no time a man ever sought out God except God seeking out man. There is no time a man ever loved God first. It was God loving God man first. Let me, can I tell you the truth? Let me show you something. 
Can I show you something? Yes. I'm going to show people something and it will mess some people up, but it's for the glory of God. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to mess some people up. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. <laughs> I don't even know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it just to show people that there is a place that God wants us to be in. You know what? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let, let, let me, let me, let me do it differently. Jeremiah 29 and uh, verse. Now, notice this. Jeremiah 29 from verse 12 to 13. Jeremiah 29, 12 to 13. Okay. Jeremiah 29, verse 12 to 13. Yeah, hold on. Uh, Pamela Gibson, thank you. Please, guys, keep praying for me that God will continue to use me and speak through me to be a blessing to many people. I appreciate it. Jeremiah 29, verse 12 to 13. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to say some things that are going to rattle you, but they will rattle you for the glory of the Lord Jesus. That the living Jesus who lives forever will be glorified through your life and my life. Read it. Mm -hmm. Then ye shall call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Uh -huh. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. So you don't seek God by praying. <laughs> Read it again. Then ye shall call upon me, uh -huh. and ye shall go and pray unto me, uh -huh. and I will hearken unto you. Uh -huh. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. So searching for God and praying are two different things. He's already saying, I will answer you. I will hearken to your voice. When you pray, I will listen to you. So praying and seeking God are two different things. But many times people say, well, I'm seeking God in prayer. Let me tell you the truth. Can I help people? Mm -hmm. Let me show you something. Stay in the same place. The word seek. The word seek is the word bakash in Hebrew. The word bakash, it's spelled B-A-Q-A-S-H. Bakash means to desire. It does not mean look for. Wow. Aish. <laughs> He's saying to desire. It's not saying to look for. That's an English interpretation of the word. Because for the sentence to make sense, it has to be said differently. Mm -hmm. Wow. The word seek, even in the New Testament, in Greek, it means the same thing, to desire. Notice he's saying, you will desire. Let's change the word seek to desire. You will desire me and find me. 
the, the word find it's matsa. Matsa is to find or attain. You will find me. When ye shall search, the word search is the word darash. The word darash means to resort to. The word darash does not mean actually searching. The word darash means to resort to. To resort to what? To your heart. Jesus, where is Jesus? Is he not in your heart? Yes. So where are you looking for him? The Bible is not saying go and look for him. It's saying look to whom is inside of you. That is why the Bible says, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. But you don't know who is in you because you do not look at the one that is in your heart. You don't acknowledge him. You don't know why he is there. You don't know how to walk with him. You don't know how to speak with him. You don't know how to use the anointing and the power that is set in you. We have so many people saying, we have authority and power. We have authority. We have authority. But none of them can implement the authority. Very few can. Simply because we are not understanding the scriptures the way they are written. Wow. That is so good. This is why the Lord Jesus, before he went, to, when he told his servants, what did he tell them? He told them, seek first the kingdom of God. Now you know the word seek there is desire. So Jesus was telling them first this, desire first the kingdom of God. What is righteousness? Righteousness, it's its values or right standings. What establishes you to be in it? Desire first the kingdom of God and all its principles that has made you to stand within it and everything else will be added unto you. But before he ascended, what did he tell his disciples? If a man comes and tells you the kingdom of God is over there, the kingdom of God is over here, the kingdom of God is over there, he said, do not believe them for the kingdom of God is where? Within you. How can you receive Jesus and you're looking for him? Wow. You should be engaging with him, not looking for him. You should be speaking with him, not looking for him, because he's already there. Aish. My life is not my own. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, nevertheless, yet I live. And the life that I live in the flesh, and the life that I live in the flesh is through the Son of God. Meaning that even the life you have is Jesus himself. So how can we look for a God that is already with us? Do you know that the word, the name Emmanuel means God with man, mankind. The God that is already with men. The Lord that is already with mankind. The Lord that is already with mankind. Let me tell you the truth. If we invested the time that we invest looking for God in other people. If we invested the same time in the presence of God, acknowledging the presence of the living Jesus in our lives, let me tell you, the anointing that you're looking for is already with you. You would have never gone to look for any man of God. You will be the one that God is using in your community, in your neighborhood, in your family. 
I feel like I'm talking to myself. Is somebody learning what I'm saying? Is somebody yes. listening? Yes, we're learning. Jesus is saying, those who love me, they keep my word. He did not say those who love me worship me. Mm -hmm. Because worship is a result of a relationship. Okay, let me explain the difference between praise and worship and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the acknowledgement of what God has done before you even walked with him. He died for you. He gave his life for you. You are awake, not because you prayed to wake up, but God woke you up. Those are things that you have to be thankful with God. And I said, I'm going to make a challenge. I want everybody, some of my sons and daughters, spiritual sons and daughters have already started doing this. I want everybody to take a pen and paper and write the things that God Things you are thankful for God, not the ones that he has done because you prayed. What he already did before you prayed. Mm -hmm. If you have less, less than six, seven pages, I don't know. Because we have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. I, do, 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 can you think about it right now? There are babies that are in the hospital right now. Are not going to make it out of the hospital even though they have been conceived. But you, and the baby has never even sinned has never done a mistake, but that baby will not see the light of day. That baby will be taken into heaven. But you and me, we have messed up, but God has given us life. He's given us an opportunity to wake up and breathe. And you don't think that's something to be thankful for. We have so much to be thankful for, so much. You may not have everything, but you have something that somebody else doesn't have. Amen. The problem is, to so many people who are not willing to build a relationship with God, is because their relationship is based. I want somebody to hear me clearly. Look, uh, Shannon says... Yes, I do this daily. I'm thankful. I work at the hospital. It humbles me. The simple things are huge to me. Exactly. Do you realize the Lord Jesus said it is better to be in a house of mourning where there is a funeral more than being in a house where they're celebrating? Do you know why he said that? Because it gives people a wake-up call. That you could have been laying down there. Mm -hmm. But God gave you another chance. Mm-hmm. The reason why so many people can't even pray for two minutes is because you pray based on your needs, not based on the relationship. Not knowing that the God you are with already covered your needs. But you cannot access what he has for you because you are basing the relationship off what you want, not what he has already provided. That's good. Uh, is somebody listening to me? Yes, we are. But when you sit down and really think about it, uh, listen to me carefully, children of God. When you really sit down and really think about it, thanksgiving is huge because God has never done anything little. 
When we pray, say, Lord, I thank you for the little things and the big things. God has never done anything little. How can you say thank you for little things? Now watch this. Listen to me carefully, children of God. Listen to me carefully. Praise is based on what he has done now when you asked him. Lord, you fought for me. On that day when I prayed for this, you healed me. When I wanted this, Lord, you, you did it. You showed yourself mighty. When the devil was trying to put sickness, cancer, whatever, you brought me out of that place. You are worthy of all praise because you are God who fights for his people. That is what praise is based on. Mm -hmm. Worship has nothing to do with what God has done for you. Worship has everything to do with just knowing his heart. When you are a true worshiper, you don't care whether you have a house, whether you are homeless, whether you have a car, whether you are married or not, whether you are rejected or not. Your most treasured thing is that you've come to see Jesus for who he is. He has become your lover. Lord, I can't breathe without you. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't go a second without you. I love you so much. What do you want me to do? I would do anything for you. The way you touch me, the way you touch my heart, the way your presence feels. You see, it's different. It's not based on material things. Many believers are gold diggers and they don't even know it. Yeesh. If Jesus is not Lord because you prayed for something and you didn't get it, you are a gold digger. Wow. Jesus is Lord whether we are rich, poor, hungry, whichever way. Jesus is Lord if you have come to know him. This is not a command. This is something that you have to build. That's what true worship is. True worship is not saying, I worship you. No. A true worshiper, when worship is going on, they can't even sing. They will be on the floor crying. David was a real worshiper. One day he was sleeping in his palace. One day he was sleeping in his palace and he woke up. He said, this is wrong. This is so wrong. He was disturbed in his heart. He was disturbed in his heart. He said, how can I be sleeping in a palace and the God who gave me the throne, he's sleeping in a tent. How could the tabernacle of God that made me who I am be in a tent and I am sleeping in a castle? This is wrong. It disturbed him. He was sleepless at night. He could not sleep. God sent the prophet to come to him. And told him, because you have thought of me when no one else was thinking of me. That is worship. When you can do something with Jesus that does not involve anybody else. Mm -hmm. Just you mm -hmm. and him. And God said this, because you have done this thing, your house shall forever be before me. That is the day that God chose that David 
that Jesus will come through the family of David because he worshipped worshipped him. Notice worship is always in the spirit. Praise is not in the spirit. Thanksgiving is not in the spirit because all these things have to do with the physical world. Worship has to do with the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. Has nothing to do with anything material I need that I will get. It has nothing to do with that. That's why it says God is seeking those who will worship him in the spirit. The word in the spirit there is in the spiritual realm. People who will live and forget the earthly stuff and enter into a place that is just them and him. Wow, that's good. That they will not have anything to do with what is around them. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Let me tell you the truth. The Bible says this. My people perish because of lack of knowledge. He did not say the world. He said his own people. Those who are blessed, sanctified. (laughs) All those who say that I'm I'm sanctified, full of the Holy Spirit. That's the one he's talking. He's calling them my people. My people perish because they don't know. The biggest downfall of believers is one thing. Is we are not knowledgeable. This is why you don't need a good preaching. You need revelation. Revelation is what changes people. Mm -hmm. Revelation brings forth revolution. Revelation brings out a revolution. You worship him, not even because he is God, because he's your lover. Worship has nothing to do. <laughs> I wish somebody would understand this thing. If you look at songs of songs, it's almost a graphic book. Nobody likes to preach from it. Do you realize that? Songs of Solomon. People skip that book. <laughs> Let me show some, somebody something. Ash. I'm going to shock somebody with something right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are so beautiful, Lord. Hmm. You notice that there are more verses about praise than there are of worship. (laughs) You can praise God collectively, but you cannot worship God collectively. Worship is a personal experience. That's why when we sing worship in church, people have different reactions. I'm going to show you something real quick and then uh, and then I think I'm going to wrap it up. I don't want to keep people up too long.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, you're just so wonderful. Let me find this scripture for somebody. I, I want to help somebody see something that will change everything. That will change everything. That will push you to a greater, greater place with God. Yeah, I'm, it's coming in my spirit, but I'm failing to find it. Okay. Okay, I found it. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, is somebody ready for this? Yes. Go to John twenty four John chapter four verse twenty four. John chapter four verse twenty four. Amen. Amen. Can you read it? Mm -hmm. John four verse twenty four. Mm -hmm. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. And in truth. Read it one more time. God is a spirit. Mm -hmm. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Notice the description is saying God is a spirit. Mm -hmm. God is what? A spirit. spirit. And they that worship him must worship him, e him in spirit and in truth. Yes. The word worship <laughs> is P-R-O-S-K-Y-N-E-O. P-R-O-S-K-Y-N-E-O. It's proskino. The word proskino means to kiss. Worship literally means foreplay. Because God is a spirit, you can only touch him in the realm of the spirit. You can only kiss him in the spirit. Mm -hmm. So worship is an act of intimacy. Somebody that has gone beyond the flesh with God. It's not sentimental songs. Mm -hmm. It's beyond that. Worship literally means to kiss. How far are you willing to go with God? The only place you can get to that place is you need to keep his word. You need to know the terms and conditions of the relationship. Tomorrow I'm going to do a part three of this and maybe tomorrow is Wednesday right yeah I'll do a part three and maybe I'll finish it in church on Thursday my prayer for you is this my prayer for you is this that God will bring you from where 
you used to be into a place that he is in. That should be your desire. That should be your desire. Be tired. Listen, we serve a God that can speak. We don't, we don't serve a God that doesn't speak. We serve the God, a God that heals, that delivers, that transforms. He's not a, a God made of stone or clay or, or whatever it may be. He's a living God. He's alive. And because he's alive, that's why we are alive. Go back to knowing the heart of God. The only way you know the heart of God is by picking up your own Bible. And see how he walked with other men. Draw an example from them. Notice David said it like this. He said, Lord, even uh, Jonah said this, Lord, you're quick in mercy and slow in anger. They knew his heart. Mm -hmm. They didn't just pray, Lord, I praise you. They said, Lord, I know you. When Jonah was sent to Nineveh and he refused to go and he was thrown in the water and he was pulled out of the water by the fish and he was spit out after three days on the shore. Notice what the Lord Jesus, notice what Jonah said. Jonah said, Lord, I knew you're not going to destroy them because you are slow in anger and quick in mercy. Notice he knew the heart of God. He did not run because he was disobedient. He knew the relationship he had with God. He said, Lord, I know you. You're not really trying to destroy them. And this was after he went and said to them, uh, prepare yourself because God is going to destroy this city. He sat outside and waited for the city to be destroyed. And God told him, by the way, I've changed my mind. I'm not going to destroy them. Then he said, Lord, you see, I know you. You're quick in mercy and slow in anger. He, they knew the heart of God. How much of his heart do you know? Do you just quote scriptures or do you actually see the manifestation of what you, you heard? If we cannot express what is in this book, if we cannot experience him, if these pages don't become alive and becomes a lifestyle and become something that is impacting people and changing people, not because we shouted at them, not because we forced them, but the way we walk with God. If he cannot change the people around us, Aish. It means we are still missing it. I was born in 1986. By the grace of God, because of my mother, I started having experiences with the Lord since I was four years old. By the grace of God, not because I worked for it or anything, I don't have the name prophet because I wanted it. No.
what the Lord Jesus gave me has been a blessing to a lot of people around me, not only mm -hmm. through revelation, not only through deliverance, not only through healing, not only through the gift of the prophetic that I do have, but because of the words that are able to change people. This is why we can never bring healing into the world if we are not fully deep in a relationship with him. You see, when you grow closer to the Lord Jesus, you look at the world through a different lens. When you look at the world, you see souls that Jesus loves. You don't see their mistakes. You see the potential of what God has put in people. Your desire begins to be, Lord, send me to go and bring them to you. Let them experience what I experienced with you. Yes. You no longer look at people with the eyes of condemnation. You no longer look at somebody who has missed the mark and blame them because you know even you once upon a time, you used to miss it and sometimes you miss it too. That relationship puts a conviction in you that molds you, that shapes you, that makes you want to go and find others that would experience, they would, so that they know that the Jesus that loves you, that changed you, that walks with you, wants to give them the same thing. And God will give you the wisdom to win them. Do you notice that I, 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 I was teaching uh, some men of God and I was telling them, do you realize that the Lord Jesus did not preach the same message to the same, he did not preach salvation to everybody the same way. The woman at the well, he spoke to her differently. Peter, he spoke to him differently. Everybody that he went and encountered with, he dealt with them differently because people are in different stages of their life. But if you don't have his heart, you will not know his mind concerning that person. I remember one time, I'm just going to share this. One time I was, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was praying and I was on a prayer walk and I was so concentrated in my prayer walk. This is uh, a few years back and I was weeping and crying and I was in serious, serious intercession. Not only for my life, but for some people that I was really praying for. And as I was walking on the street, a man pulled up in front of me and stopped. And said, amen. He had just come from a restaurant like it was like, a, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, um, uh, what is it called? Um, he had come from like a, a IHOP or something like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he pulled up in front of me and he was just come. He had his toothpick in his mouth and he was like, amen. Have you received the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I said, yes, sir, I have. I said, all right, man, then he's going to make it all right. And he drove off. Now, notice, his intention was good, but he was not listening to the master. Maybe God would have used him to comfort me and tell me, hey, what you're praying for, God has heard you. But you can't just see people and assume where they are. You need to know the voice of God concerning where they are. The relationship, the relationship matters so much.
the relationship with the Lord Jesus matters so much. We win people because of how much we love you, not because of how much we love people. Right. You know, when, you, when people hurt you, it's because your relationship with that person was based on them, not on what God sent you to do. Mm -hmm. So when they disappoint you, you'll be hurt. When they turn against you, you'll be hurt. But if God already sent you and you understand that there are so many people that don't know him, some they may know him a little bit, they are not perfect. You go in there without expecting anything from them. You just go to give them the love of God. When they betray you, you'll be like, I expected it. The devil will not pull you from helping them. That is what we need. There are so many souls out there that will save millions of people. They are just waiting for you and me to have that word that will speak to them, that will change them and bring them to Christ so that Christ can use them to win people. Right. We need to have that sensitive, that tender heart. That true sensitive and tender heart is so important. But you can only receive that when you have encountered him. You can't receive that by simply just doing you. The Lord Jesus said, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. What is his heart like? His heart is, if one sheep gets lost, he will go and find that sheep and leave the 99 and go and get that one sheep. That is the heart of the master. Some of us, when people betray us, they do us wrong. We abandon them simply because we were a hired hand. Jesus said a hired hand, when the thieves show up or wolves show up, they abandon the sheep and they run. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do that. He says he will fight for the sheep. You are listening to this word right now because God has sent you, some of you, to your families. Some of you, God has sent you to your community. Some God has sent you to, to a particular person. Dig your heels deeper. You see, in the kingdom of God, we don't grow tall. The depth of our relationship with Jesus is not by how we look on the outside, but it's about how deep our roots have gone. That's why the Lord Jesus always said the kingdom of God is like a tree. He will say you are like a tree planted in Lebanon. The depth of the roots determines the nutrients that the tree will receive. And if the tree can get the water that is located in the earth. Yeah. That whether there is rain, whether there is sunshine, whether there is a drought, that tree is still okay because it draws not from a lake that is flowing. It's drawing from the depth of the earth. Father, in the Lord, name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for everybody that is watching. Lord, your desire is that we have such an amazing relationship with you. That you may send us to those people that have not yet come to know you. Your word says that the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Lord, you have put your word in us so that we can reach men that are flesh. But Lord, we cannot do it 
if we are not in a place where we can hear you, we know you, and we can build with you. I pray for every single person that is watching right now. May their lives never be the same by reason of hearing this word. Let them remember what you did before they came into this world and what you have done since they were born. That they may enter into a deeper place of worship and walk with you like never before. Lord, you know my heart. This is my desire for myself, but it is also your desire for them and you have made it my desire for them. Lord, use them in a mighty way that their life will be an example. They will be a light truly and truthfully in this world. When people see them, let them see Jesus. When people hear them, let them hear the voice of the Lord Jesus. By their word, let men come to repentance. Let the mind of men change to see that I should have been walking with Jesus. Let that love become real in their life even now. Father, I thank you that you have heard me and that you have heard them. And this is done in the mighty name of the living Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless everybody. I love you so much. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube page. Subscribe to my, um, to my Facebook page. And may the Lord bless you and increase you. Until next time. Amen and amen and amen. Yes? Oh, I'm also on Instagram. You can find me also on Instagram. God bless everybody and God increase you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. If you didn't watch the one before, please watch it. It will help you even more with this one. Yeah, there's another one also I taught how to ask of God. It's going to bless you also. May God bless you and increase you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Shalom, everybody. I saw God giving him a platform in Hollywood, this one. I saw him becoming very known and very famous. I don't know what you do, but I saw your star just going Because when I looked at him, I saw him becoming as big as Kevin Hart, this one. Oh, what do you do? <laughs> Stand up, comedy. In the realms of the spirit, when you were carrying him, there was a big challenge in the realm of the spirit. It was a difficult pregnancy to yes. carry him. Yes. To the point that it looked like you're going to lose him at some point. Yes. Because I remember I am seeing it in the realms of the spirit. When you're about four months going to five months, yes. I saw you bleeding that yes. you thought that you actually lost him. Yes, yes. Professor! So I am trying to understand what these two angels are saying because I'm hearing one saying, God with us, and the other one is saying Emmanuel. Uh, what is that? I saw him doing this, throwing seeds. When people are throwing seeds, it means 
they have a calling, a pastoral calling to feed people and to raise people. Huh? You said what? In the realm of the spirit,